You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, angels. Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast. We are excited about today's podcast because it's something that we know a lot about. (laughs) We have a lot to say. And I think it's going to be a life changer for anybody who's listening. So what is it that we're going to bring into their lives today that's going to change their life? Well, today is all about surrendering into the magic inside you. Um, We, as often, I will pull cards while we're sitting here talking, doing our pregame talk. (laughs) And I want to read you guys the card and forgive me if, if you hear my cat in the background being crazy because she is something silly today. So, yeah, she's feeling it. She's wild. Um, so the surrender to the magic of who you are card. And it says we all have magic in us, even in the mundane aspects of life. Remember that you are a magical being with a uniqueness and worth that comes from just being you. And, you know, something that... Vanessa was also sharing about her struggles and, and, and being showing up in her work. And I thought, well, we can't be the only ones that, that are having a hard time showing up as who we are. Sure. And, um, you know, and I think that the first step in that is knowing how we want to show up and who we want to be. And this can be done in many different ways. So Vanessa, let's talk, Sure. Are you willing to share a little bit about your struggle? You bet. All right. (laughs) I mean, there's probably, there's enough uh, on the internet, I guess, that people could probably find that I might as well not, (laughs) not be shy now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as uh, you guys know that have been listening, um, we do that pregame. And a lot of times that's where we come up with our topics is that we'll, we'll just kind of rabbit hole about what's going on with us in the past week. And, and it turns into something important to talk about. And, um, you know, for me doing what I do, it's been a huge struggle to let myself emerge as who I am in my field, because my field and I traditionally do not go together. (laughs) (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) Exactly. Like you put me in a lineup (laughs) and ask which one's the therapist. You're not going to point at me most likely because of the vision that has been created of what a therapist is. And um, it's been a huge struggle for me in coming out on my own. It's kind of just I wanted to break free from the box because I knew I needed to, I didn't feel aligned, but it was also like, well, is this the right thing to do? Am I going to completely lose credibility 
as, you know, with the gifts that I have as a therapist and as a counselor and as a coach and all the other, you know, different areas that I, I, that I do good work in, is that going to affect it? And I mean, I'm still dealing with the residual effects of that, I'll say it kind of brainwashing that I got in school. You know, I remember somebody telling me during a residency, which is a weekend that you go away um, to kind of, it's, it's kind of like a workshop, like to kick off the, the beginning of the year. They do this at Seton Hall. Um, so you go away for a weekend and you get like intensive beginning of the semester stuff. So we do workshops all together and things. And I just remember a professor saying, like, you know, now you're embarking on this career and you have to make sure that your personal life aligns with what's expected of you as a therapist. And I just remember in that moment being like, oh shit, <laughs> like I'm in trouble already. And I'm literally, and it was actually my second residency. So I was like, I'm already halfway through this master's program. <laughs> like, shit, <laughs> what am I going to do? And I mean, that was, that was a good nine, 10 years ago. And and it's still right now, like, oh man, um, coming up. But what has eased the struggle and what I keep leaning on is that like the magic of who I am is why people come to me and that, that it is not expected of me because it's pretty obvious that's not where you're going to get. But it's still that, that internal struggle sometimes to like kind of hold that magic back because you're like, people can't hear it. They can't get past it in order to see your gifts. Yeah. And you know, when, when, when that card got pulled, <laughs> it was that perfect reminder of like, yeah, dude, that's why people are coming to you is because you're a real life person with these great skills. So they know that they're going to get an understanding from a person that's like them. That's yeah. what we want is someone who's like me that has the answers or has the ability to create uh, the, the things inside me so that I have the answers. Right. Right. So. And it's also creating a level of safety. It's also, you know, you're to me, you, you would just knowing you and knowing that, you know, and I've never interacted with you professionally on the professional side of it, but I know as soon as that moment changed to that professional side that you would show up in such a professional way that I could, but professional, but empathetic way that mm -hmm. I could share the things that I don't share with my current therapist, which by the way, I blew off again last week. And so I think we're done. Wow. <laughs> Big messages coming through <laughs> to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, you know, if, if you, and I didn't do it on purpose, friends understand that I just, I don't know what day it is from one day to the next yeah. and my rhythm is so off and my routine is no so mistake. off. That's but, no mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So um, it's, I know that I could share with you the things that I could not share with a traditional therapist or a counselor. Let's just use counselor uh, because I, I would almost feel that I would shock them. Yeah. Or that they wouldn't understand why I did or had done the things that I've done mm -hmm. or that I have like, for example, like some of the really, really bad things that I did, you know, before I was of legal age, you know, it's just, it's like, yeah. if I, 
I could share those with you because I would think that I wouldn't get judgment. Like I would think I would have an understanding. There was a sense, there's a sense of like, you know, oh, okay. She's not going to judge me. I, I totally don't feel that way. Whereas a traditional therapist, I would be afraid that they would judge me for the things I've done and I wouldn't share it. And so the, in the effectiveness of our relationship, me and a traditional therapist doesn't work because there's so much I don't share because of the feel, the, the, the not feeling trusting that that person is not going to just judge me and tell me, well, you're a horrible person. Why would you do that kind of thing? Yeah. Or even if that language isn't there, it's like, I mean, people are afraid of therapists because they don't want to be diagnosed or put into a category that they don't feel like they belong in or just shamed or any of the, any of the other things that happens. And this is why there's a stigma that we're still trying to fight about the work that we do is that it is not, I mean, half of us wouldn't even more than half of us. I'm going to go ahead and say like 98% of us wouldn't even use a diagnosis if we didn't have to, because we don't see you as a diagnosis. We see you as a person who comes for help and we want to help you. We want to know what's going on with you. We want to know how it got there and we want to help you fix it. The diagnosis is so that we can get paid from a freaking insurance company. I'm going to be honest with you. It makes me crazy. I can't stand it. And most people in my field, that's the only reason why they do it is that it's the rule and that it's not how they think about you for the duration of the treatment. It's not, it's literally just a blip on the radar of like, I have to write it up this way so that I'm following the rules. But then when they're in front of you, it's you and them, but exactly what you just said, that phenomenon happens. And I think I can confidently say that it happens a lot less now that I'm out on my own. And like you said, like I'm, people know that, that I'm not going to judge them. And I, you know, even when they start to share something that they're like, oh man, like, I, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. And I'm like, come on, you know, like, just tell me, because <laughs> like, I can't help you if, you know, there's obviously something you don't want to be doing. So let's figure it out how to stop yourself from doing it. And, and that compassion and that empathy is necessary and I think that's been try people try to breed that out of us so that we are robotic and we are very by the book because the book is, you know, the way, the law, the red tape, the whatever. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I really think that a lot of people don't go to therapy or don't engage wholly in therapy for that reason. They see that person across them as like, well, if I say that, they're going to hospitalize me or I'm going to get a red mark on my, on my thing for today. They're going to, you know, like there's all this, uh, you know, I, even if they're doing well, sometimes they won't tell you that there's something wrong because they feel like they're disappointing me. Right. Like, Oh, you think I'm doing so well and I'm really not. It's like, well, okay, then I'm not effective. Like, so let's talk about that. I'm cool. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm here to help you not to stroke my own ego. (laughs) (laughs) And and to maneuver through, maybe it's the next layer. Maybe it's just that that layer that was worked on, it exposed a new layer of that. And and that that's why you're here is to continue the growth and healing and to continue it and not to just be like, everything's good. I'm good. And I'm crying inside because I know I'm not good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. See, here's, here's friends. Angels, if, if you could have a perspective here of this one, I pay my therapist to hear the shit about my life that that is not okay. And if I don't have something to talk, 
then I'm not, I'm, I'm really not showing up for therapy. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Yeah. True that. Because like, we I, all have shit all the time. It's and, even, and even if it's just, I have to share some current shit to get, for me to get into the rhythm of it, because yeah. usually it takes me about a good 15 minutes to get out of like uh, my other head and yeah. you know the, mm-hmm. the logic side and to get into the emotions and feelings. So I'll start talking about sure you know, shit that's happening at work. And then I'll be like, well, but really this is what's going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Happens to me all the time. I'm like, okay, we're going to do 15 minutes of small talk yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because we need to get into the like conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Make mm-hmm. sure you're still there with me. You're still listening. You're okay. Good. We're good. <laughs> now yeah. let me really tell you what's really going on. <laughs> For sure. And, and I love that, you know, like that, that because it's not, to me, that's a natural progression. right versus like i'm just gonna jump in and we're gonna dagger this because that's like off-putting man like i'm not there not that i need to get there yeah and you know i think too is that you know if if i look back and i look back my dad was a psychologist and he never finished his his thesis um and he never finished um his his i guess it's his master's he just never finished his thesis um Mm -hmm. and and i think it was because he didn't want to be placed in that box. Yeah. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do it for that box. But on the other yeah. side of it, I also think that he judged himself and there was a lot of other issues that he had personally that I think prevented him. But I think part of it, a lot of it was he talked a lot about not wanting to be a traditional therapist, not wanting, mm-hmm. not wanting to have to be that for people to not. And like, back then it was even harder. Yeah to be what I am today. Yeah. So it it just, I I think that, you know, unfortunately the stigma of the psychologist is created by psychologists of therapy. They were created by people who, who were in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and you could still find Mm -hmm. those tried and true. I swear to God, if you go to New York, you'll find one. Um, Because there's so many. That's why I had to leave New Jersey. I was like, I don't fit here at all. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be no New York city this. I mean, well, I guess maybe now, you know, but back then it was not. Right. So, you know, so say you guys know how you want to show up in your job, in your life, in your relationships. Say you already know that. Say you're very secure in who you are and what you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so angels, what is preventing you from doing that? What thought, what belief Vanessa shared her very detailed openly, which I love because we can take all of that and break it down for each of you. So, you know, she learned a little bit of a stigma or a little bit of, you know, she, a belief system from her, from school, from when she was, you know, in her residency and she, and it's that stigma of, and that belief system came from her, you know, teacher, professor, whomever. Mm-hmm. And what belief system or stigma has caused you not to show up fully? Yeah. And maybe it's it's not as quick to say as, as an event. Maybe it's an ongoing thing, like a familial thing, like a familiar pattern. Like, oh, you know, like the women don't speak up. The women are quiet. They do their, you know, maybe it's more of an ingrained type of personality even though you want to bust forward and, and just be who you are, be, be all of who you are. Um, are you judging that within yourself? Do you judge yourself? Do you judge yourself for wanting to be like that? Um, that's, you know, one avenue I think is, is good to explore because for me, 
showing up in my work, it's funny because whenever I move, I always try to show up as whom I want to become. Yeah. And not so much, even if I'm not there, it's like, I want to show up as I want to eventually be. So when I showed up to Arizona, I went in there confident, like I was knew what I was doing. And like, I walked up in there, like I was just me and unabashedly me. And I, mm-hmm. and did it kind of wane after a while? Yeah. Cause it's exhausting to, to kind of keep up facades, but I right. wanted that energy there so that I could obtain it. Right. It's like when you put an intentional out there, like my intention was to be strictly who I am, you know, no, no regret, no like type of like, I'm sorry, or that I'm too much. I just, I really wanted to be out of my comfort zone and out of my space of wanting to play small and into my space of playing big, which I think upon leaving there and where I am when I left this year was exactly where I, what I tried to be when I showed up. So I ha- I achieved that energy. I achieved what I show out showed up with the facade, the energy, the intent. You know, mm-hmm. I I set that I set that intention along like five years before I left, yeah. and by the time I left, I had I had definitely feel that I achieved what I that intention I placed there. Yeah. And that it didn't look maybe exactly like what you thought it would look like five years ago, but it's like, oh, okay, I did it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what happens when we do that, that move, that area thing, and, you know, like kind of wanting to show off as a different person is the ease of if I show up this way, you will never have known a different me. So I will not change in your eyes. It will not be a difficult transition for you. Whereas it is. You know, like when you're around people who know you very, very well, that transition into being a different type of person. I mean, it's all you, you're not changing who you are. You're allowing who you are to be Yeah. Like, let's be clear on that. We're bringing that, that part of us out that we feel has to be sheltered in. That has to be because of the reaction. I mean, you know, and we can, as much as we want to say, we don't care. We do because it hurts. It hurts when people who love us react negatively negatively to the inside of us being brought out yeah you know and and the the oh you've changed kind of thing it's like ah yeah but this is me like can you love me this way when you show up in a new place those people don't know you <laughs> they, get, they get to experience whoever the hell you decide to show up as and then yeah. you grow into that role because yeah. it's you're now taking that part of you and allowing yourself to step into it which is a big reason why i left originally left Pennsylvania in the first place is it because I had started this journey in like 2010 and by 2015 I had so realized that like I don't know like people weren't accepting of the new way of me being like a lot of my friends especially one of my dearest friends she she was like, you've changed. And and she just was very off put by my changes that I made because I had, I had created a codependent relationship with us, within us. And when in that healing and the changing of that, that it made it feel like I had shut them out and left them, um, which is definitely going to happen. You know, when you start to take care of yourself, you start to do the things that are important to you, 
you know, having boundaries, codependent relationships suffer and they, because it isn't an alignment with that type of feeling or that type of creation. So, you know, when I, that's what, I think that's why I showed up in Arizona the way that I wanted to be was because of, I, I didn't want that to happen again. I didn't want to happen. I wanted to be confident in who I was. I wanted to be confident in what I wanted and in, in, in that, and that's kind of how I showed up. Yeah. And, and I did it on purpose because of knowing that, you know, sometimes if you could be in that vibration of that state, you can manifest it easier. If that makes sense. It's like the idea that you always say to people, imagine what what it would be to have what you're asking for or be where you're asking to be and, and, and allow that live in that vibration when it manifests faster. And for me, I didn't realize I had to go through all that, the change, the growth, the, the unearthing, the healing, but I achieved it. And I think that that's why I felt like I hit my glass ceiling in Sedona was because I couldn't move any farther. And so moving here, I didn't necessarily show up the way I want to become, but I allowed myself to be authentic in my showing up. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. in a sense of um, allowing myself to breathe, take the time to grieve, the leaving Sedona, leaving friends, um, leaving what was known. And, and stepping into the unknown and, you know, and ask being very conflicted. And when I'm asking the universe, like, for example, you know, wanting to work on my own and, and wanting to be an entrepreneur and really stepping into that in whatever way that I can at the same time, you know, and then I'm asking, well, I need a nine to five for a little bit to get that moving forward. And it's like, you know, and so the universe is conflicted. I'm conflicted, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what that feels like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I've always, when you like, for example, I've always, you know, done the nine to five. I've always like, that's my bread. That's my bread, <laughs> you know, yeah. that keeps the wheels turning and I can work on yeah. the other stuff after that. But I was really like, I don't want to continue that pattern because it hasn't worked. Right. It hasn't that's worked. Yeah. So it's like when that, that saying fake it till you make it, some people hate that. I still love it because it seriously is like a manifestation. It's a way to, to, to discuss like how to manifest, like just do it, like act like you've done it and it, and, and make it happen. You know, it really is like, just do it. And I think, you know, even just seeing the, the difference in you, when you came to Sedona and here, like you're just open and allowing. And the idea that you're stepping into a space where you have existing friends, but you know, those friends are totally like on the journey with you for all of your transformations. I think it's allowing you that space that you needed to just be like, what if, (laughs) what if I didn't do the nine to five? Like you have, you're feeling so safe that that next step of what you're trying to create with your life, you created you, right? Like the version of you that you feel like can do all of these things. And now you're like, I'm going to allow those things to happen. What, what does it look like? It does. I mean, I've decided what it doesn't look like and that's good (laughs) enough for me right now to start exploring, you know, and I love that. Like it's, it's such a healthy way to do it. The temptation being there, of course, like you can go get a job, a nine to five doing, you know, kind of anything really. 
so the temptation is there but the ability to just be like yeah but that's not really what i want to do anymore that's my pattern and it's not working yep let's see if i can figure a new one yep and you know and and with come what with that and stepping into that space friends and how you want to show up and how what you want to do there is of course there's fear there's there's panic, there's anxiety, there's just about every other emotion you could possibly think of. Um, there's negative yeah. feedback. There, yeah. And that's why areas that make you want to run back to safety. Yeah. That's why I haven't really talked to my brother in a bit because, because I know the judgment that's going to roll off that one and just be like, well, I don't think, I think you should get it. Whatever. <laughs> right. Like not even going there. Nope. Right. And there's so, that realization of like, don't mess with my magic. My magic is out. I have let it out. I have freed the magic. Right. And I'm not letting you try to put it back in. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's just it. And, you know, and how do I want to show up in and how do I, and it comes down to even my ear appearance. Like it's yeah. not even just like, oh, I want to show up as a confident you know, well articulated human. That's, that could be, that's my yeah. goal to be well articulate because yeah. you all know I can go down a tangent, but you know, how do you want to show up in a sense of like, you know, have I worn the same things I've always worn is because it's just safety and it's comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't really care. But part of me is like, but I want to look, I want to feel good in my clothes. I want to find clothes that make me feel good that yeah. when I wear them, I feel like, Oh, okay this, this represents me on the inside and to really just kind of stretch into that. But then again, we know that for me, my journey right now is about the physical self is about taking care of the physical self, understanding the physical self, you know, getting my physical being back online with my head and my heart, because it's, I've rejected it for so long that I don't even know that it knows that it's part of this trifecta <laughs> like <laughs> just out there somewhere it's like i'm just here yeah. um but at the same time so it's like a lot of those things i'm exploring and a lot of the things that you know that i'm doing but you know how do you guys want to show up what it is it that you do you want to come to work with purple hair tomorrow <laughs> yeah, do you want it well i do yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been there done that <laughs> my favorite part about working for myself (laughs) what are some ways Vanessa do you think that people can show up or how to discover how they want to show up or um let's let's hear your insight okay well I mean like everything you know I mean people may get tired of hearing it but I will we we will continue to say it every week is that awareness is number one step of everything you got to know what who you are I mean, and really just getting down to like, who am I? If I, if the whole world was wiped out and I was walking along by myself, what kind of things would I do? What would I say? What would I look like? What, you know, like if there was literally no judgment around me, what would I do? Who am I? And then, you know, we think about, well, how, what world have I built around me that is not in alignment with that? because that's where the real work is going to be. We have to really be honest and aware and, you know, identify what we've done because we've done it. You know, the world didn't happen around us. We create our, we create our own world always. Yeah. And it sucks <laughs> when, it, when it's not good. It sucks to have to admit that, but it's true. <laughs> we create our own realities and you know, what's reasonable now, 
You know, I think a lot of people get stuck in this part of it because they're like, all right, well, I know who I am. So I'll take myself for an example. I like to mess with my hair. I've always done it since I was like 13 years old. I just mess with my hair. I cut it off. I color it. I do whatever I want. It's a, it's an expression of self for me. It always has been. So for me, it's like I needed to be someplace where I could do that. And I had a job once where they, you know, like they, they didn't care. I worked in an office. They were cool with it. And I felt good. And I stayed there, even though it had nothing to do with what I wanted to do with my life. It was because I felt like I could be me in that setting. That was, you know, a completely different, I guess, value set for me because I was very money motivated then and, and fear-based yeah. with money kind of thing. So that's why I was in a job that I wasn't aligned in. Anyways, um, but that transition and that awareness became real evident when I got into a space where I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, that shouldn't be a big deal, right? Like it's just hair. I should be able to just like let my hair be normal, right? But I'm like, no, that's my self-expression. I like it. I like to look in the mirror and see something cool to me. I don't care what anybody else thinks, but to me. So I had to like kind of be honest and be like, well, I mean, if it's that big of a deal, then you got to create a different world around you. And it may be difficult. It may sometimes suck, but you're going to feel free in that way. You're going to feel free in self-expression. And that's important to you. For some people, it's not. So when they hear this spiel, they might be like, well, I don't care. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. I'm cool with like my hair color. I'm cool with my haircut. It's okay. But th so there's other parts of your life that maybe, maybe you don't like getting up in the morning and you have a job that starts at seven. And you hate your life because you have to get up at 545 every day. Be honest with yourself and say, okay, my goal is getting at that right now. Realistically, I can't just force it to happen tomorrow, but I now have a goal to manifest and it is possible because other people do it, you know? And it's like, once we get aligned with who we are, what we're, we're being honest, we can then do the work of realistic planning and, People are constantly like, I cannot believe I could do it. And I'm like, of course you didn't believe it. You, you allowed yourself to stay in that box. You told yourself the story that you created a world and now you had to live in it. You made your bed. Now you had to lie in it, but we're creating a different story of when that bed is not comfortable anymore, you can go get another one. It's totally fine. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> That's called growing. <laughs> yes. So I think you know, we really, everybody can, can spend some time, you know, some real time, either whether you're journaling or talking to, you know, someone, a therapist, a counselor, a best friend, and just kind of like, where do I feel stifled? Where do I feel like me can't be? Where do I feel uncomfortable because I'm being something that I'm not? And what are those things? What exactly is it about me that I'm missing that I feel like I have to stifle? And then what world do I need to create in order to feel free and still, you know, be realistic about what I, what my needs are. I still got to work. Right. <laughs> so, or I still want a big house, so I'm going to have to work a certain amount or I'm, I'm, I want a tiny house so I can work little. That might be what your plan becomes because of the self-searching allow the possibilities, right. right? Like allow it all to be possible. Absolutely. And I think too, is that part of us, 
it's going back to the episode about dreaming with our hearts wide open which was last which was episode 41 if you haven't listened to it please go listen to it um and i think too is that part of it is what i've learned is that because so much about who i am has been dictated by other people's opinions for so long i don't know what parts of me wanted to emerge And it's all about emerging into the authentic self, but you have to discover yeah. what that is. So for, for a little bit, I tried on all sorts of different things. And I was like, am I this person? And I'm like, no, nah, mm-hmm. not really. Am I this person? No, 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 not yeah. that person. That's not, that's not what mm-hmm. is me. And I had to do a lot of that until I kind of allowed myself to just begin to emerge. Um, you allow yourself to be a poser. People don't like to do that, but it's yeah. like, you got to, or else you're never going to know. <laughs> Right. You're, you're never really going to know the, the, where your heart's at, where your energy's at until you step into that space of like, okay, am I this? Am I that? You got to try on all sorts of different ways of being, ways of looking, ways of living. You're already wearing the mask. Try on some other ones too. And, you know, and don't be afraid to take off the ones that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some of you, uh, I have, met a very wonderful human. Um, her name is Lorelai up here in the Pacific Northwest and she does what's called thrive types and it's eye readings basically. And she looks at your eyes and she determines intuitively your thrive type, which I thought was fascinating as fuck. I was so excited because I was like, I was so here for it. (laughs) And, you know, and one of the things that, uh, people say to me a lot is, uh, you're so strong you know, you're, you're a warrior goddess. And, yeah. and one of my masks come to find out is the warrior. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, so I don't have to be that anymore. She's like, Nope. And I'm like, good. Cause I'm tired of being strong one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm not strong. It doesn't mean I'm not resilient. It doesn't mean that I'm not capable and have courage and bravery. It doesn't mean that I'm not one. Yes. But what it means is, is I don't have to wear it yes. for people. It because, does not negate it. Right. If you're not strong in a moment. Right. It's, you know, when we wear these types, they're the essential of the types that we are. And my, you know, the warrior is, you know, getting it done, being efficient. That's my job created that warrior because when you're in the health insurance industry, your accuracy and production is everything. So yeah. I began to wear that mask. Plus I, be, I was reinforced by my father and his, you know, get it done, get it done fast, do it right the first time. You have to do it again, that type of tendency. So in a lot of ways, it, it was like I had to wear it because yeah. of what was required of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when, she was talking about it being a mask for me. I'm like, Oh, thank God. I can put that one down. Cause it's exhausting. Yeah. I'm still going to be a little bit efficient. I'm still going to look at things that way, but I'm going to use it to my advantage. I don't have to be that. I don't have to show up and figure shit out for people anymore. Right. They can figure it out. I can just be there helping them. I don't have to be Again. the one that gets it done for them or the right. one that, knows the answers i can say well let's try this i don't know what do you think you know giving others a space to show up in their own moment and i just and i was like your abilities yeah 
exactly to drop, to drop it at certain times it doesn't yeah. yeah and i think that that's a huge thing for a lot of people is that that's part of that change right like yeah. i don't want to drop the masks because that's what people identify me as that's what people praise me as that's where my worth is in this world and if i drop that mask what is my worth how exactly. will i feel worthy if i am not any of these things that everybody thinks i am and that i think i am i've built a 20 years of career in medic in the health insurance industry based on that mask yeah and that's a lot to carry it's a lot to have to do i want to take off that you know, that mask sometimes and not be brave and not be courageous and not be uh you know that person that fixes everything that makes it efficient i want it just to be broken and for someone else to have fix it will yeah. i want to make it better of course that's just who i am but if i don't want to i don't have to I, right. unless you're specifically asking me to do it i don't have to rush in and fix everything that's right. that's that's the the codependent side of warrior is, you know, yeah. is, is, is going in and saving the day for people and doing everything. Well, yeah. You can't that. be a warrior if you don't do the work. Right. Right. I need, I need things to point at why I am this thing. Yeah. So if I rush in and save everyone, that is the, that is the essence of warrior life. Yeah. It's like, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not something I want to be, which is what, when I began emerging into well, who I wanted to be and what, yeah. what my magic is and discovering mm. that I really, I've, i I disrupted a lot of my friendships because they yeah. were warrior masked based and, and, and they were codependent 100%. and, and that's, that's unfortunate. It was, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of my love and that, that I don't, talk a lot to or that I don't communicate with because um my emergence out of the codependency out of the warrior mass it it disrupted a lot and it's unfortunate but it's just the way that it is um and I think for us specifically as helpers I think we suffer a lot more when we do the change because we create a hell of a lot more of those codependent relationships than we even understand oh my god because we like doing it we enjoy we do not feel burdened by being the helper because we really truly in our hearts want to be the helper but what happens when we feel depleted, right? Like that's what, that's when it has to, to stop. And that's when our eyes open to like, oh man, <laughs> like I didn't let this person figure anything out. And now they're so dependent on me that it's like, they're taking my boundary as an electric fence that has now shocked them into, you know, oblivion, right? Because yep. it's the same. I mean, that's happening to me even now, even in the next shift of my life, is that I'm getting a lot of people that are not happy with me needing my space because I never had my, I never allowed for my own space. I just allowed everybody to kind of infiltrate whenever they needed me. Yep. And it's like, I'm turning my phone off at night and I'll get messages in the morning from people who were looking for me. And it's like, I just can't feel guilty anymore because I need, I need the space for myself right now. It may not be forever. It may be forever, but that like realization of man, I have created within my relationships an inability for these people to understand that I need me. Yes. It's all, I'm always accessible and I never say no. 
And that is me. I created that world. Now I have to uncreate it and deal with the consequence. And that's what it is. You know, it's a consequence. I know I created it. I know my friendships are now suffering. And I actually give them the grace of being like, I'm not mad at you because I know I created this within you. I helped that along, you know, like, yes, could you have been less codependent? Of course, but I didn't for, I didn't force the issue. You can't be mad for people. You can't be mad for people taking what that's being offered. Exactly. You know, exactly. I'm like, I I gave it to you. I can't be mad. You're going to take it. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like to say none of my friends, like who had, uh, who I had codependent relationships with, you know, that are, that, you know, if any of you are listening, it's like, I know I, I didn't blame anybody and I don't blame them. I knew that it was me because I didn't set boundaries for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all me. And I, I knew that and I had to change it because I was becoming resentful. Yeah. And that's the hardest pill to swallow in this whole thing that we're talking about yeah. is that the world didn't push our magic inside. We did it. Yes. We reacted to the world and decided that our magic didn't belong in it. That was on us. That yeah. yes, there's outside forces that are incorrect, of course, but we didn't have the grip that we need to have on ourselves to be able to say, that's too bad that yes. you feel that way. This is who I am. And we, we create that. We allow that wound to fester yeah. instead of heal. And that's what, you know, again, there are things that are happening outside of us that are, that are wrong, you know, and that we aren't responsible for that action happening to us, but we have to take the responsibility for not addressing the wound and not addressing the attacker and not, you know, like just kind of creating whatever world we've created for ourselves. You know, once we can do that, it gives us the power to know that we can create the new world. So it's not possible. You have to, you can't, you can't go forward (laughs) if you can't accept your own responsibility today. People have the biggest problem with that. That's why people love the like five easy steps to blank and, you know, do these 10 things and you'll be happy because they're like, I don't want to look backwards. I just want to look forward. And it's like, I get it. And yes, we're going to do that. But you have to know what you've done in order to undo it. There's no way around it it's and and step number one is always like okay be aware of all the things that you've done in the past that haven't created a situation that's not you know codependent toxic whatever you want to use it's like it's me knowing that like it's it's knowing it's called shadow work people but it's it's knowing (laughs) the parts of us that aren't exactly lovely and accepting and knowing that that's just who we are yeah. and knowing that it's our actions if the intent is pure it was based off of an event emotion a belief system we can change those we can fix those those are fixable if your attitude was that you did these things maliciously we can help that too but it's going to take a little bit more time because right if your intent is of that nature, then there's a, there's something, there's a bigger picture of an issue here. And it's hardly ever like people hardly ever do malicious things because they're innately right. Evil. (laughs) It's usually like, yeah, I meant to do that because there was revenge. There was, you know, like the, the ill intent is based on a wound, you know, most of the time and trying to, you know, recreate that in others or trying to get vengeance, you know, for, for the, 
the deep pain that you have, you know, but you're right. Unless we're looking at that kind of stuff, we're not able, because it is part of our magic. People don't understand that. And that's why, you know, like when we talk about shadow work, people are like, yeah, my shadow's not magic. My shadow sucks. <laughs> my shadow has created some really crappy things for myself. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all part of you. Your shadow- you, if you are magic, then you are whole magic. You aren't half magic. Right. <laughs> and, and to be honest, the shadow part of ourselves has seen a lot of fucking trauma. It yeah. has seen a lot of situations that have either broken your heart, made you feel less than, made you feel scared, made you afraid to be yourself, made you, or that's happened to you, events has happened to you. Your shadow is your safe zone for people, you know, for all the things that has created those things. So, you know, I know that my trigger is if like, for example, conflict, like I was just talking about this. My trigger is if somebody's angry at me, they're going to take their love away from me yeah. and they're going to leave me. Yeah. And whether it's parents, whether it's friendships, whatever it is. So immediately when there's an argument or a conversation, I die inside. I have a little death inside where I just am so scared and yeah. I am back to being like five again. And yeah. that fear and that anger and being in that space of my stepfather raging at my older brother and threatening him physically bodily harm and yeah. hiding with him in a closet so that he doesn't find us and yeah. having that sense of that anger is not okay. And mm-hmm. that from then on you're treated as if you you're, you're not loved. And that's, I know that that event, those events in my life created my people pleasing, created mm-hmm. codependent relationships. Mm-hmm. It helped create who I am as being the, the person who, you know, has to make everybody happy. And yeah. it's also created a fear of conflict and heavy conversations. And it's up to me to know that about myself. And it's up to me to actively work towards finding ways to have those conflict conversations and to step into that space of being of remembering that I'm safe, remembering that the love never goes away, remembering that it's, it's, it's okay to have my needs met too. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the focus on you and not on, I mean, what happened to you was not okay. But if that focus continues to be that you are always going to be a victim of that behavior, you'll never be free. Nope. Nope. It'll just walk with me. It just walks beside, you know? Yeah. And, and that, you know, there's nothing I can change about that. I can't change events, but I can sure as fuck change how I feel and -hmm. change my reaction. You know, whether it's through, you know, counseling, whether it's through energy work and releasing that cellular memory of that moment, you know, minimizing that moment, going back to that moment, being a, being a caregiver to those children, being like, you know, seeing those children and protecting them and standing energetically standing in front of them between them and my stepfather. Like, uh, yeah, if I, I I can do those things to heal that part of myself, but the, it's always, it's just that tendency is going to be there until it's completely healed from my cellular memory. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I know that. So I actively work at it and it's, but there's, I had to accept it. 
You know what I mean? It's like, we have to accept those parts of ourselves that we don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to hear that I created codependent relationships. I don't want to hear that I manifested a disease within my body because of my belief systems. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know that it's my fault. Happened to me without anything that I've done. Right. (laughs) Fucking A. Sorry. It's I'm just my convenient narrative. I would like for that to be it. Yes. (laughs) So many people live in that space. You know, I mean, it happens to me all the time is that when I'm working with somebody and it's like their, their rumination is always on how, what happened to them was wrong. And I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. hundred percent. But like, you didn't have to do this for the rest. You don't have to be a victim of it for the rest of your life. You were a victim of it in that moment. And everything after that was a result of work that you hadn't done, whether or not we, you know, we're not judging you on it and saying that you're stupid for not doing it. We're just saying like, I can, I, I can allow myself to know that I carried that wound and that means that I can heal it because I, I have taken the power away from that person and put the power within myself. And I'm going to have to be honest and know where I'm giving power away. And that's what happens, right? Like, so when we're admitting, quote unquote, nobody can see my, my air quotes. When we're admitting to something, we're essentially just saying, fuck that, that you did that, but you don't control me forever with that. You controlled me in that moment because I didn't know better. But now I'm going to go backwards and I'm going to go look at that shadow part of me. I'm going to go look at the effect of your behavior and own it for myself to turn it around because I didn't have to carry it. I did. I I chose to carry it for a number of reasons. Maybe I didn't wait. I wasn't aware we were going to give ourselves compassion always when we do that. It's not our fault that we didn't know better, but once we do know better, we now get the choice to allow that, that narrative to be or create a new one where we stand in the power and that things didn't just happen to us. We also happened to ourselves. Absolutely. And it's, and for those of you out there who are of an age that, you know, oh, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or, oh, it's, I've been like this forever. No, honey, you can be any age you want to be. And you can start making those choices to start healing and living your best life because And and sometimes you will be surprised at just working on one thing Mm. and owning it and releasing the self-judgment because a lot of it is self-judgment and a lot of it is self-forgiveness. It's not about so much forgiving the other human. It's forgiving yourself for, you know, for taking on that role that you decided to take. And it's for so long. Yeah. and, And forgiving yourself for, not realizing you don't have to, you don't have to take on those roles. You don't have to take on that and allowing yourself that grace and saying, you know what? Yeah. A lot of shit really affected me as a kid or a lot of shit happened that really affects me to today. But I want to change that. I want to allow myself to take responsibility for my actions now Mm -hmm. and post that event when I became consciously aware of it. Yeah, for sure. That's all you need to tell, do. Yeah. I always tell people when we get there, because I, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard people be like, oh, 
why didn't I know this sooner? Or I wish I had blank sooner. And I'm just like, you did the best that you could with what you had. I mean, we always only can access what we know. I mean, we can't, you know, just pop into a moment of future where we know stuff that we don't know right now. So that's where that forgiveness comes in and that empathy for yourself, you know, comes in. It's like a duality of I'm owning it and I'm understanding that I carried pain and that I created a world around me that was pain, but also like coming in behind that and saying, I did the best that I could though. So I can let it go. I don't have to beat myself up about it. I can, I can explain it as I was wounded and I didn't know better. I acted on the defenses that were created by that wound. Cause that's what most of it is. <laughs> I was wounded. I created a defense within me. And then I carried that on for the rest of my life to this point. And to this point, now that I'm aware, I can say I did that. I carried that. I created that defense. My brain, my heart, my soul did it so that I could survive. Forgive myself for that, for not knowing sooner because I couldn't possibly it wasn't time. Yeah. Five-year-old children don't have the emotional capacity to understand how to not absorb that type of energy or not. To, it, there's no way. That's why most ha- things that happen to us happen to us when we were kids, because we don't have the emotional maturity to understand what's happening. It's, right. You're ridiculous to think that you had that power at that right. age. That, that you shouldn't have done that. You know, right. it's a little ridiculous because I used to feel right. that way. <laughs> right. Or even again, you know, at 25, it's like, okay, but you've been, you've been wounded since you were five years old and nobody taught you any other way. How would you know that? Yeah. You know, that's what I say a lot of times to people. I'm like, but how would you know that? Right? Like, yeah. was it going to hit you as a thunderbolt? No, you came to me so that we can figure out how to know that. But you didn't even know to come to me until now. Like, Forgive yourself yes. for not knowing what to do and for only acting on what you knew. Forgive yes. yourself. And to, and, and to let's, let, I mean, let's just take it a step farther. Well, yes, you're creating change in the now. You're aware of it. You're working on doing the self-acceptance. You're in the shadow and you're like, I love you, shadow. Understand that every event to this moment in your life has helped create who you are, regardless of whether it's shadow stuff or regardless of whether it's loving, kindness, compassion, empathy, success, whatever it is on the light side. Now hear this, without your shadow, you cannot relate to another human being. The shadow is there, the stuff that happens in our shadow side, which is the trauma, the reactions to trauma. If somebody comes to me and says to me, I'm really suffering with these people pleasing tendencies. I can't put myself first. I can say and understand where she's coming from. And I can actively say, okay, I I understand. Do you, and I can actively help us release the cellular memory that she, that created that. If Mm -hmm. I can direct the client to go, okay, do you know when you started becoming a people pleaser and, and to really direct, you know, the, the, the energy work into healing that part of that person, because yeah. I understand that a lot of it happens in childhood. I understand it's a lot about our parents. I understand because I have empathy and compassion for that because I've experienced it. 
it makes me a more viable human to help that person heal. Whereas a person who's never experienced that doesn't understand how hard it is to put yourself first. You will always be last as a people pleaser. And people that don't experience themselves as a people pleaser will be like, well, you just make sure that you're at the top of your list. You're number one. I'm like, you can't just fucking do that. It doesn't (laughs) work that way. I can't just say I'm number one and do that. If I could, I wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's not to say that they can't, it's not to say that people who haven't experienced it can't be effective. They can be, but it takes, there's a certain layer of empathy when you've experienced similar woundings with people you're trying to help heal, counsel, whatever, that you have a better understanding of exactly what they're saying and you can relate better to them. So that's why your woundings become your greatest gifts. Exactly. And I can have I mean, no better example as like when I was a, a counselor in a rehab, I was effective because I know enough about addiction from, you know, familial stuff that I was effective, but I wasn't nearly as deep as the other people sitting in the group that know the guilt and the shame of being an addict. Those people who are shit, who are touching their shadow and embracing them and saying, yeah, I mean, you adapted because you were sick. And these are the things that you did to adapt to that new person that you had become. I, I, they understand something that I don't. I simply can't because I don't have access to that shadow. That's not part of my shadow makeup, you know, but it is that that's the gift that they provide that I can't provide in that, in that instance. I mean, our shadows definitely hold the key to the gifts that we have in the world. It holds, uh, our shadow holds compassion beyond belief. If everyone could (laughs) act from a space of compassion for their shadow, we would live in a utopia. Yeah. But we don't. (laughs) Because people are very afraid of that shadow side. (laughs) Yes, because they think that, they think that, you know, and, and I, oh, it almost comes, if you want to talk about, you know, religion, I think it stems from that. I think the stigma of our shadow work stems from the idea you're either good or you're evil or, and, and the evil people go to hell and the good people go to heaven. It's not true. There's a dynamic. See, and, but, but I, my argument to religion in that, and, and, and I won't get into it because I, I could get on my soapbox and start. And I don't have a problem with religion. Some people need it and their faith is what keeps them going through their lives. I get it. And I accept that that's part of their life. Right. But if God made us in the image of himself and there's parts of us that are conflicted and that have woundings and trauma, 3D trauma, mm-hmm why would he judge us and send us to hell? Right. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He'd give us redemption. Exactly. For being, he you know. would see our suffering mm-hmm. and heal us. Right. Jesus already died for our suffering. So it's not to say we can go out there and be debaucherous and like, you know, and do the evil things, but it's to say that the things that we've had no control over in a sense, in our childhood, the trauma that's happened to us, even as adults, is trauma that can happen. That's not of our, out of our control. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then he would, there, there is forgiveness, right? That's the whole purpose. Right. And 
you know, I know that my spiritual team is very neutral. They love me, but they're neutral. They want what's best for me. But if I'm, if, if, if I'm doing bad behavior, they're going to be like, oh, this is what you want. Oh, okay. So they're reflecting my actions (laughs) because you're a cheerleader. All right, cool. We're doing that. (laughs) Yeah. So they're, they're just very neutral and I have to accept that. So if I'm making bad decisions, they're reflecting my bad decisions. <laughs> right. right. And it's all, I mean, it's such a big, it's like the topic that we chose is specific, but it's so deep and so big that I think it's difficult for people to kind of fathom how much work, work it takes, right? Like, so it sounds great. Like, oh, just step into your magic. Everything's going to be great. Just act like a magic person and you'll be a magic person it's like yeah that's some of it that's a lot of it the mindset is the only way that you're going to get you know forward but there's a lot of deep work that you have to do and some of it will be painful it will it will and some of it you know a lot of who I am and who I've become and who I'm becoming a lot of it it took me to be angry Mm -hmm. that it was happening yeah oh yeah like I, I, I'm like, there were certain parts of me that I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want, this is not who I am. Yeah. Fuck this shit. This is not who I want to be. And it's saying, I love you, but go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, and then I was like, okay, what do I have to do? What, what is, what is the message here? What, why is this here? Why is this part of me here? Why is it a facade? Why is it a mask? What is it serving me? What is it preventing me? from doing or what, what, what safety am I having around this? Mm-hmm. And to really kind of understand that I know, you know, friends, I know this is really hard to see, but it's, I almost want to get really emphatic because we talk about magic. We talk about the magic that's within us and people think that that's the shiny glittery parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, if, if you, magic is about everything. It's yeah. about your totality as you are now the all of you the this the parts that are the parts that are not so great that you kind of like but then there's the parts that are like amazing and that you're like yay this is all that i want no you have to have contrast you have to have the other side of your magic you have to have the shadow work and the light it's always has to be there because without the because without one you don't have the other you can't have one without the other because you have to have a contrasting type of energy that's yeah. what magic is magic is knowing the contrast between the two like for me okay i know that i am an emotional eater that is some of my shadow work it comes from a lot of different things and so I know that when I'm emotional, I eat. When I'm bored, I eat. And so that's one of the things. But knowing that about myself, I could yell at myself. I could be self-flagellation. I, I could be angry. I could, but I know it because I've, I've, I've understood myself. I understood. But the magic in knowing that is being able to have acceptance of that. And to have understanding and to, to work on it through that, that's the magic. And then if I meet another human being and if I'm working with someone who is like, you know, a client who is like, oh my God, it's like I eat because I'm so stressed out and, or I just, you know, I, I want to, you know, 
just consume. And I'm like, okay, so let's take the stigma of good or bad off of food. Let's work mm-hmm. through, let's work through neutralizing food for you. You know, it's, it's having that all of that is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I am a great baker because I love to eat. Yeah. And so the, the magic, the shadow assists the light, the light assists the shadow. There is this totality of who I am. And I just have got, it's like that word you always say, radical acceptance, Vanessa. Yeah. There is a sense of me that the more I discover about myself, before I begin to judge it, even though that's my tendency, I will, I will force myself to have radical acceptance. And I don't know, I just, I will say, you know what, self, I love this part about you because I understand it because I accept it. And I accept that that's just who you are. It doesn't involve your worth. Right. And it doesn't mean that like that I have to carry you with me now that I accept that you're here because no longer are you serving me. You know, I think a lot of people confuse that, you know, like radical acceptance means, oh, it it is what it is. And I just walk on in it. Like, no, no, no. It just means like, I'm not going to leave it anywhere. I'm not going to take it anywhere negatively. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to acknowledge and decide what I want to do with it because it is what it is. I can't go backwards. I just need to go, okay, this is what it is. What am I going to do with it? That's where the radical acceptance, that's what the power of radical acceptance is, is that we don't focus on how it got there. We focus on what we're going to do with it. Right. Do I carry it? Do I love it? Do I not love it? (laughs) What am I doing here? And that's where the, like, to me, magic is being able to accept and go forth and, you know, just know that you can change and, you know, just really feeling the power of you in all the situations that may arise. And that means the ugly ones too. Yes. The, the ability to say, I am who I am. And I know that there are going to be dark parts that come out that I don't even know about yet, but I feel powerful. I feel accepting. I feel like I will be able to, to challenge each one of these negative beliefs and change them going forward because I am magic. You know, I think, like you said, there's that that tendency to look at the good parts, right? Like, I mean, I love that, you know, sparkly magic is like, yes, but it's like also the turning of things into sparkly, which is where the ugly is, (laughs) right? Like we love the sparkle. That's what we want, but not everything's shiny. Some, some things have to be polished (laughs) in order to be magic shiny. (laughs) And some things have to be examined in multiple different ways to understand where it's part of your magic. It's all, yeah. it all is because I'm telling you, there's nobody in this world that has not had an experience that isn't, that, that is a, isn't a shadow. There, there's no pure human out there. There is none, not one not one there is everybody has always a touch of shadow what right. makes us right. unique right it makes us it makes us unique in that our shadow is different from everybody else's our shadow mm-hmm. side and i don't know how this became a cover <laughs> we're we're heavy into the shadow because i think that the, the shadow prevents us from allowing our magic to to go 100%. forth we're living in shadow right. when we are not allowing ourselves to come out. We are living literally in shadow. <laughs> and, you know, the more that we just accept 
and say, you know what? I'm here the way I am right now. And I accept myself. I accept who I am. I accept what I, how I show up. I accept where I don't show up. I accept what, you know, all of the things that, you know, you want to list and that you don't like about yourself, accept all of it, accept it. Because from there you make choices and changes because how can you, if you're not accepting or you're not, or you're refusing to look at parts of you, then how are you going to heal it? How are you going to change it? You can't. It's like the pink elephant in the room, man. I'm telling you what, if you don't acknowledge the pink elephant, is it going to go away? No. Can you lead it back to the zoo? No. Can you, can you heal it? No, because you haven't taken the time to examine and look at it and admit that it's there. Right. If you break your arm, you're going to run right to the doctor to fix that shit because you can't, because it needs to be fixed. Right. We're, we are well aware that we need to break our, we need to fix our broken bones. Right. Like it's not even a question. Nobody, nobody goes, ah, screw it. I'm just going to let my arm hang off like this. We yeah, need it's to, okay. ex- Some windows. Right. right. Exactly. Or, or go off on a tangent about how it should have never happened. And therefore I will not address it because it's somebody else's fault that my arm is broken. And so I won't ever fix it. I'm just going to keep bludgeoning them to death about how it's their fault. No, we go, we accept that it happened. We go looking for the solution. We fix it. We go on with our lives with our, you know, our bones that have healed together. It's the same concept with a broken spirit or, you know, uh, any other part of us that feels broken. We've got to heal it or it's just going to hang there and then we're just going to let it hang and feel the pain of being broken. Just like you would with your arm. It's not going to feel better if you just ignore it. It's going to hurt the whole time it's broken. (laughs) Totally. So I just, I hope that we've given you a plethora of avenues for you. to. we've given you a plethora of words. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope that you have many avenues to look and whatever feels right for you in the moment, whatever feels that, whatever feel, whatever path you choose, know that you're choosing it. It's a choice. Yeah. And if you're even just curious about, you know, okay, how do I show up? You know, what do I want to do? You know, who am I? And how do I want to do that? There's many ways you can do it. We're here to help always and forever. Um, So reach out to us, reach out to your local therapist, make sure they're a rogue therapist because, you know, they're far better than your traditional ones. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I can't help but agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want, and, and understand this is, Find someone who you can relate to. Find a person, a counselor who you can get in there and you feel like I can dish my dirty to this person because that's where you're going to find the true healing. And if you want to work on it at a cellular level, find your local energy worker, whomever. We all, we all are, you know, we all are different in our own ways. We all have different ways of relating to our clients. We have different ways of doing it. We have different, that's why it, we're, such a it's such a wonderful thing to have so many um but find one that you resonate with and really 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 choose who you want to be because it does take a lot of choice when you're discovering things about who you are and what you and where you've come from you get to choose now you're an adult 
but you also have to take responsibility for what's there in order for, for you to be able to choose that. Right. So, but it really is possible. I mean, yeah, everybody who has made anything of themselves that is good, did it with intent and knowledge and all of this stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. They've made the choice. They didn't fall into it. They chose it and they, and they chased it and they created it and it's possible for any of us who are willing. Amen. Amen. So if you need us, you know where to find us. Um, until then, take care and we love you. And we'll talk to you again next week. Yes. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved. You are worthy and the world needs your light.